Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by my ESPN counterpoint in Denver, Jeff Legwald, as we start to preview the Denver Broncos. Really good stuff from Leggy. Great insight into the Russell, what, what's going on with Russell Wilson, their defense. You know, the Broncos obviously lost the season opener to the Raiders. This is a dangerous team because their defense is pretty good. And I think, and the and Russell Wilson is he we'll see how he acclimates to Sean Payton's system and, and what he still has left. But you listen to Leggy and you get a good feel for where the Broncos are at at this point. Also, maybe some updates on some players, Jerry Judy, et cetera. So stay tuned for that in a couple of minutes. But I want to give you a couple of things first, going over some injury reports from Wednesday and just a few other nuggets picked up, just kind of being around the locker room, et cetera. So injury report on Wednesday, uh, Curtis Samuel and Chase Young were both limited. Of course, Young with the stinger in his neck. And then and, and one thing that Rivera said is that Young did everything they asked. This is not on Chase Young. This is up to the doctors. And the Rivera stressed that they're going to continue to follow what the doctors are allowing him to do. And so he did take some contact during practice as much as he could. And it's really, it's like controlled contact, but he was still listed as limited. And then defensive back, and by the way, like it still sounds like, well, who knows what's going to happen this week, but even on Friday, Saturday, we're basically everybody's being told, like, really kind of plan for week three for a return. If it comes back earlier, great. If not, you plan for week three. Anyway, Quan Martin has has is in the concussion protocol still. So he would did not practice, of course. So there you go. One other thing, and and during the live stream chat last night that I did with Bram Weinstein, there's some people asking about Lyle Collins. And obviously the Bengals cut him. He's a former starting right tackle. Coming off a torn ACL. So for those who think he would be some level of a instant help here, no. He just, it's that's not how this is going to work. So for a couple of things, he tore his ACL in December. He dealt with a back injury early in, I think it was in training camp, that certainly seemed to hinder or affect his play for at least a good part of the year. Now, depending on who you talk to, he's finished strong until the, obviously, until the ACL. But it was a torn ACL in December. You don't come back from that and be right away who who you people think you may be. So, you know, it, might, it sounds like it may be a few more weeks before he's even ready to play. Um, and and then then if you sign him somewhere like here, for example, then you've got to learn the offense. You've got to learn all this other stuff. Now, would he be worth signing as a backup? Of course, if you can get him at a decent price. You know, would he want to do that? But you're not going to say like, "Hey, come in and start for us," because you, you just it's you it's just asking a lot for a guy coming off a torn ACL in a new system, etc. And so, you know, but again, would it be worth? You know, there's no harm bringing a guy like that. And if you say, "Hey, if, if the worst, you'll be a swing tackle slash guard for them," and they don't really have that kind of a player right now. It's what they hope Braden Daniels develops into in the future, but he ain't there yet. 
So, you know, but again, if you're thinking that he could come in and be some level of savior for a line, that's just not how you're going to have to view this right now. It would be, you know, could you sign a guy like that in a few weeks and hopefully come in here, he learns a system, system and maybe down the road he can help you? Sure. You know, no harm in that. Anyway, but right now that's all I know. And I don't know what level of interest they even have in him. And it's something that, you know, I know I'll find out, but right now don't know. So, but that I just know that about Collins and we go from there. So just again, a couple of things that I always like being in a locker room on Wednesdays because you do pick up things that maybe you saw some stuff in the game and, um, you know, you see some stuff in the game and say, okay, like I got to ask these guys about this or that. And so some of the things you're like, Deami Brown, the, the wide open, he was wide open and Howell doesn't see him. But the way he reads that is he started, he wasn't sure how the corner and he just, to be honest, in his mind, he's thinking, well, there's no way the safety isn't going to take this or the corner isn't going to do this because otherwise he's going to be wide open. Well, they both did what he didn't expect them to do. And by that point, he had already looked off. Yes, um, he heard a lot about it after the game, not from Deami Brown, though, but he heard he did hear about it from some other folks. And he said when he watched it on, on during the game, he's, he certainly saw that what what could have been. Anyways, part of the learning process. But again, he trusted. He's like, these guys aren't going to react like that. So I'm not going to do this. On the Forbes dropped interception, I did ask him, like, did he? Because this is a guy that obviously was known for picking balls off in college. And Said you hear a lot about it. He goes, yes, he heard a lot about it. But he said he didn't even say he said he turned and the ball was like right on his shoulder. So and I think he said that St. Juice hand was was up. So he didn't see the ball until like the last possible minute and it just hit off his pads. But yeah, but guarantee that the next time it happens, that he's going to be ready for that. But it's like he really he didn't feel like may have looked a certain way, but for him, he said he didn't feel, and this is a guy who knows how to intercept passes. He had 14 in college. He's like, he didn't feel like he had a really good shot to intercept that one, despite how it looked because of that. Um, and then, you know, talking to some of the linemen about one of the stories I'm working on this week is about the defensive line and just kind of where they're at. I mean, that was an impressive performance and it, you, you have to figure like, this could be a really, really good year for that group because it's a fourth year in the system. It's the second year without Sam Mills as their coach, second year with, you know, with, with um, Scanina and Ryan Kerrigan um, as their main coaches. And then also, again, the fourth year in the system, and they seem to have bought in about what they need them to do. Like you saw some of those plays like John Allen is just, un and Deron Payne are just different dudes up front. The reaction they have, and they, you know, you talk to some of the offensive linemen here, and just like when they're in practice, the stuff they're shouting out because they just know it. They know what they see. They know what they can tell by way alignment alignment stances or what they're doing, what's going to happen. They can adjust right there for the block that they know is coming. So just some impressive stuff by that group. But that's some, well, that was one of the topics as well, an offensive line, and that's I know we're going to talk a lot about that over the next few weeks. And the big question is, how long does it take to mesh? And there's so many nuances of the game it's, without boring you with details, but a lot of it is just understanding how they have to react to double teams, how they have to, how a guy, how player X may react to this kind of a look when you have to double team with him. How much can you get 
how much does he need of that guy? How much help does he need from you to get this guy to the leverage he needs, et cetera? That's stuff that takes time. And it's just so now, but again, the question is, what does it look like when they get there? And that we don't know, but there, but there's no doubt that it does take a little bit of time. And now, you know, Nick Gates, I told you after the game that he blamed himself for one of the snacks, for one of the sacks, because he said it was a botched slide protection. And you see it on film and it's like he came through the center guard gap on the left side, but Sadiq starts in the hole, blocks the guy, turns to the left and and Gates said he turned, he knew it was a slide protection. It wasn't that he didn't know his slide, but he didn't see the guy coming through the gap. So he thought it was clean. And then he turned back and realized, you know, oh bleep, it's not clean. So, but those that's something that's easily correctable for them. So we'll again, we'll see what happens. Gonna face a much tougher test than they did last week. And in some ways, maybe it's good that they didn't face that Eagles kind of test last year where they had gave up nine sacks because you, you just don't know where it goes from there, but they need to just, they need a lot of time playing together before they face some of those really, really good fronts that they're eventually going to face. And the other thing too, and when Sam Howell, this is one thing I really like about Howell and he's not a great quote and that's okay because it's really about everything for him as a quarterback is leadership, right? And it's about how is how are teammates perceiving this? How are other guys perceiving this? So when he is asked about the sacks, he said, he's he told us today, he's always going to err on the side of, hey, that's my fault. I need to help them out more. I need to get rid of the ball quicker. And there were definitely times where that was the case. And Dan Orlovsky had a really good illustration of a play. And you can go on Twitter and check out his Twitter feed with this, but he had a good breakdown of some of Howell's plays, but there was one play in particular, and it was a it was a play where Logan Thomas was blocking on the edge. And some people say, why would a tight end block? Every team has that sort of a protection. It's a seven-man protection. That means the tight ends are staying in. And if the defense does it right, you're going to get the tight end on a defensive end. That's just, that's what happens. But on this play, I think it was, I timed it at like 3.23 seconds before Howell sacked, but where Orlovsky pointed out on this play, and this is where Howell can learn, is you drop to 10 yards on that one. He did that, did it perfect, because that's where the blockers are taking it to. But if you don't step up, then when you get in there, you leave them susceptible to losing that battle. So if he had just stepped up in the pocket a little bit there, he could have then still taken a shot down the field. But that and that's one of those little learning curves for a young quarterback. Now, again, the protection can be better, but it's also then how can he, if he says he can help him out, how can he do that? Well, this was one example. Um, but what I like from Howell is he takes accountability, he's a smart kid, and he and it's why I think guys really like him because he doesn't walk around. There's no airs about him. He's a normal dude, but he also he it's the accountability. He's not out there to to make a name for himself. He's out there to be a quarterback, and he understands being a, how things work on the team and the quarterback's responsibility and what he needs to say. So he's really savvy and smart in that regard. And I think, it's, like I said, it's one reason why I think guys really like him. And you saw that when there was that late hit out of bounds. How you saw everybody run over there? I mean, they they will protect that guy, and that's something that I think I don't know that you always see that from the court with the quarterbacks here, but with this guy, you certainly saw it. And then finally, uh, somebody asked, um, Ben Ben Stanek asked uh, Ron Rivera about Cam Cheeseman. Did not have a good snap the other day. And there were times this summer where it did not look good for Cheeseman. He just, he wasn't snapping to the same consistency that he was before. 
And so he's asked about it. And Rivera said, did admit it was a concern. It's something they're still working out. But he, you know, labeled a concern, but they, I, they cer- certainly st- still seem to have a lot of confidence in Cheeseman. And I will say what helps is having a holder like Tressway because he has bailed them out a few times since, since training camp opened. So he's got to get better. Otherwise, then it becomes more than a concern. It becomes something they have to really address in, in, a, in a roster kind of way. Anyway, that's it from me. So here's my conversation with Jeff Legwald from ESPN talking about the Denver Broncos. Really good insight. Learn your Sunday opponent. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code KIM, K-E-I-M, to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KIME. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, Leggy. It's year one of the Sean Payton-Russell Wilson marriage. 16 points in the opener, but I'm curious, like, what? how has it gone so far? Uh, putting the win and loss aside, where are they at in this relationship, and, and what are some expectations for this pairing? Well, John, I think there's two levels of it. You know, publicly, uh, there was a lot of enthusiasm and, you know, Sean Payton's resume and all of these things. And then they go out and score 16 points, which was like the hallmark of last season's disaster. So for fans, the 16 number is just hideous. I mean, they they, they scored 16 or fewer in 11 games last year. So that's the 16 points is really kind of the local buzz (laughs) right now. And, you know, a lot of people can't get past it. That The football reality is Russell Wilson was much better uh, last Sunday than he was all of last season. He was, you know, he was quick with the ball. He ran the offense effectively. He did what a quarterback should do. I mean, the Raiders played nothing but uh, two deep zone quarters. I mean, they just played shell coverage the entire game and Wilson did what you should with the ball, which is go underneath. And he did that, but you know, the result was a lot of, you know, a couple eight minute drives. There were, there were only 12 real possessions in the game for both teams. It was a weird, weird game. I mean, I, I covered Peyton Manning teams here when the Broncos would have 16 possessions in a game or 14 possessions in a game. So an odd game, and but Wilson was better. Uh, you know, he moved well. His timing with the ball was much better. He didn't hold the ball. Uh, he made good decisions. You know, he had two touchdown passes by halftime, uh, and they just couldn't they couldn't get it together in the in the second half. And 
you know, they lose by one, but the kicker, you know, Will Lutz, the, the kicker, Sean Payton brought in, uh, missed a field goal and an extra point. Uh, Philip Dorsett, the receiver they promoted from the practice squad for the game, uh, turned a perfectly thrown ball into the, to an incompletion. That probably would have been a touchdown, but he, he caught it out of bounds because he couldn't get his feet uh, untangled. So a lot of weird things in that game, but you know, no one wants to talk about it here, but Wilson was much better. So, and also no Jerry Judy last week. What, and I know we're taping this Wednesday morning, so you'll, we'll know more by Friday afternoon, you know, by Thursday, Friday, you'll know more about it, I'm sure. But going into this week, what's the thought on Judy? Uh, he's going to have to practice a lot more than he did last week to play. He, he didn't do anything in practice last week that had to do with the Raiders. He mm -hmm. did a lot of individual stuff some stuff off to the side. So it, if he's going to play, he's going to have to actually be in the parts of practice where they're working on Washington stuff. So we won't know that for a while. I, you know, originally I was told uh, Miami, if they're lucky and, and Miami is next week, week three. So okay. uh, I still think he's an enormous question mark and they've been battered at receiver. They've right. That's a thing. They've lost nothing but speed. Uh, out of the offense, which is another reason the Raiders played nothing but zone coverage. You know, KJ Hamler, one of their fastest guys, uh, isn't on the roster. He had a heart ailment that right. is they're they're treating with medication. Tim Patrick, another wide receiver, uh, season-ending Achilles injury in the first week of camp. Judy got hurt, and now Greg Dulcich, their matchup speed tight end, uh, is going to be out for several weeks. He he injured a hamstring against the Raiders. So they, they've lost nothing but speed out of the offense. And, you know, they're going to need Judy back at some point to get some of that back. So without that, how do they get more than 16, 17 points besides a kicker making a couple of extra kicks? You know, I think they're going to have to be a little, you know, the, the best way to get people out of zone looks is to run them out of it, you know, right. pound it at them, get the safety to come down and, and I think they have to be a little more committed to the run than maybe people want to be in this day and age. You know, a lot of play callers are of the mind, you know, no one's going to call you a genius if you're running right. the ball. So, uh, but I think they have to do a little of that because they did do that well when they, when they did it against the Raiders. So I think that's an option. And, and I think they'll get the rookie Marvin Mims more involved. Uh, he is tremendously fast. He only played, I think, 17 snaps. Uh, in the opener, they're going to have to up that total. Uh, he came within an eyelash of bringing the second half kickoff back for a touchdown. Uh, it was only by a, a shoestring tackle that he didn't. So a lot of potential impact there. And I think people will see more of him moving forward. So how the one thing Washington, obviously their defensive line really, really good against, I mean, that's a good front and they had a great game against Arizona. How does Denver's how, what's your assessment of Denver's offensive line? Uh, it's still a work in progress. I think that is a matchup, you know, to be mindful of for people going into the game. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson was quick with the ball, so they didn't really put the line in a position to have to anchor and, and you know, hang in for a long time. And I think that'll be the move uh, this week as well, is to get the ball out of Russell's hands so they don't expose uh, some of this. I mean, McGlinchey and Ben, right. Mike McGlinchey at right tackle and Ben Powers uh, at left guard were the big free agent signings, right. you know, 
87 million, 54 million respectively. Uh, so they did invest there, but just, you know, coming together, I, I think that's taken a moment. Uh, and they haven't always, uh, you know, had that good interaction and, and, you know, working off double teams, getting the extra rusher, picking off the guy coming late to the rush, that kind of stuff. They're still working through, but uh, I think that's why they're trying to keep the tempo pretty high on offense is just to, to make it a little easier. And I think Lloyd Cushenberry at center is going to have the toughest day. I mean, yeah. he's not, uh, you know, his game is, is he's really smart and he moves well. So it, it's kind of an athletic, make the right choice kind of a player. Uh, and, you know, Washington's really physical in the middle of the defensive line. So he's going to need a good day if they're going to, if they're going to do what they want to do. You think they can run the ball in, against this front? I mean, you know, do you? I do. Well, I think they, they'll, they'll be able to run it in spots. Okay. Uh, I, you know, personally, I think, you know, a little more outside zone, okay. you know, to the corner w- would be better for them, but they, they had some good work in the second half against the Raiders because they really got committed and they can do that when they lock in and do it. Uh, they make some plays there. And I, I think that's something they're going to have to think about. And they, you know, they've got a couple backs they like so they can rotate back and forth. And, and, but again, you know, in today's, today's league, you, the commitment to the run sometimes is just three or four plays in a drive. Right. You know, and you, and you, you make some of the pass plays, you know, run plays really. Right. You know, you get the, get the ball at a perimeter and go. But I just think with their injuries at, among the pass catchers, they're going to have to adjust a little bit. And, you know, maybe you see a lot of screens and and things to kind of get Washington to slow down in the, in the pass rush a little bit. So the defense, though, still looks pretty good. Yeah, no. Well, you know, I am always of the opinion, if you give up 17 points and 260 mm-hmm. yards in the NFL, you should win every game. I mean, if if a team averages 17 points a game, you're last in the league most years. So I think those are good benchmarks for a defense. And that's what they did last week. You know, they couldn't get one stop late. Uh, so if you have a complaint about the defense, it's probably that, but you know, that they couldn't get the one stop they really needed, but overall, no, they're, they're active. They're very fast. And uh, Pat Sertan's as good as anybody I've right. ever seen at this, at this point in his career. Uh, you know, year three, I'm not sure I've seen anybody since champ Bailey here really, with this kind of awareness and athleticism. He's just the whole, he's the whole package. He's elite. Uh, again, he's, will they, will they send him, will he travel or will he stay at his side? He didn't travel much last week and the Raiders finally got so frustrated trying to get Devonte Adams open. They just moved Adams away from him. Uh, but I, I think they're going to have to think about, uh, having him travel more because Adams had two catches for 11 yards when Sertan was on him and, you know, four catches for 55 when he wasn't. So uh, teams have always sort of picked on the other corner too. Uh, Damari Mathis. Damari Mathis is a young guy from, from Pitt and uh, you know, teams have really gone at him and the Raiders really did as well because uh, people try Sertan early in the game, and then they sort of come to the conclusion, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> and, our, you know, only our punter liked it. 
<laughs> why is why does Mathis struggle? He doesn't struggle. I just think anybody on the hot seat now. I mean, you can't. There's so much you can't do as a DB. You know, you can't can't tug. You can't grab. You know, like right. you could in the old days. But so I think it's just he's learning that line between what's the how physical can I be, and and sometimes I think just because you play opposite of Sertan and you're getting so you much get heat. More all the time he he plays a little more off than he should sometimes i think he's learning that too what's the what's the real good distance i can give here uh cuz he got caught a couple times just giving too much room you know playing past the sticks you know you're giving the guy the the first down really you got to you got to play from the sticks in you know that type of thing but again a young guy a lot of athleticism i love his toughness the kid mm-hmm. never backs down you know no matter what happens he lines up the next play and he's ready to go so i i think guys like that survive a long time in the league just because that's at that position that's the attitude if you don't have it you're you're not going to be around for very long so and i haven't as we talk i haven't yet been able to watch any of denver's game in the opener so and i usually do that like you know thursday morning thursday night whatever so well, but you, don't I do have know, to, you don't have to track many touchdowns. Well, so no, and, and yeah, 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 absolutely. But it, but I know that Vance Joseph's rep has been as an aggressive blitz coordinator type D or type coach. Is that going to hold true this year? Are they, are they that aggressive with this group? I think they're trying to find the line because, okay. you know, you start adding people to the rush, you know, is life going to be that much harder for right. Mathis on the other side? You know, you're never worried about what Sertan's up to, right. uh, and they, uh, K1 Williams, who was their nickel corner, has been hurt. He had ankle surgery, so he's not in there either. So, is he not uh, going to play this week? No, he's out for okay. several more weeks. Okay, that's half, I, okay. I wasn't halfway sure. through okay. the season. Good. Yeah. So, oh, okay, that bad. That's a big loss for them. They had zero sacks against the Raiders. Now Garoppolo right. moves the ball pretty fast. He's he doesn't hang in there for very long. So, uh, but that number is pretty glaring because Vance has always had good production in pass rushes uh, before, but, you know, locally here, they, they need more from Randy Gregory and Frank Clark, especially the two veteran guys. They, right. They got to ask more, what they have left. They got to have more impact from those guys. Uh, uh, Clark did, did not have a particularly good camp and it's kind of bled into the opener a little bit. Gregory had moments, uh, Sunday, but he couldn't really finish anything because Garoppolo was getting the ball up. But those two guys got to be much better. Uh, and Baron, they're going to get Baron Browning back at some point. Okay. Uh, he's one of their edge guys. Yeah. He had knee, knee surgery after mini camp okay. or just before mini camp. So he's still working back too. So uh, they'll be better when he gets back. But until then, uh, yeah, they got to they got to get a little more from the guys who are in there right now. Last thing then, Sean Payton, what kind of impact has he made and how enjoyable is it to cover Sean Payton? Well, he's, he's, you know, I, I tell folks here all the time, if you didn't, if you didn't cover the league, you know, 25 years ago, you, you didn't really know what was coming. This it's kind of a pre social right. media attitude about the whole thing. Like don't talk to any, you know, he tells the players, don't talk to anybody. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. You know, it's, it's very much a, uh, you know, the one voice approach, you know, he wants to be the one voice of the franchise. That's why you've seen him out front so much rather than, 
uh, some of the players that is by design. And, you know, and it, he, he came in here, you know, for some teams, a seven year playoff drought wouldn't be uh, a state of emergency, but it is here. You oh, know, yeah. Pat Bowl, Pat Bowlin's Broncos, you know, they had, they had more Super Bowl trips in 30 years than they did losing seasons. So uh, it was a different type of environment than it is right now. And he's, come in with the attitude of essentially I'm going to show you how to win and all of those things. Well, I think I can, I think people here can relate if they grew up in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Right. What no, happened what in the nineties. Yeah. And it's like, you, it's an iconic franchise that is now, and it shows you how hard it is to sustain those kind of runs. Yeah. And you know, the, the Cardinal sin a lot of the times is to me, you know, and I know I'm a stodgy guy, but you can't ditch draft picks. And you can't miss on a first round quarterback. Right. Those are right. the two things that will, you want to spiral into the, uh, we're not very good zone. Uh, that's the way to do it. You know, ditch draft picks and miss, miss on a first round or a quarterback. And they did that here, Paxton Lynch, uh, you know, 2016. Hey. And, and they traded five draft picks to get Russell Wilson. They traded another one to sign Sean Payton. I mean, that's six draft picks in a two year span. You just gave away. And somebody else will be getting really good players with those if they use them right. Well, and I mean, I can, again, people here are like, yeah, it was Patrick Ramsey way back in the day, Jason Campbell, RG3, you, you know, Dwayne because Haskins. You, like, you build the roster around that. So when that doesn't work, you're stuck with a roster that doesn't fit your next move. And and it, the dominoes start falling. I'm sorry, I apologize, Leggy. Last thing, do you still? I got, think- I got all, all you need. Let me. <laughs> well, do, do you, does what does Russell have left? I mean, you said you know we talked about last week. Yeah. You saw him all last year. You know that, and uh, you know we know what Sean Payton thought of Nathaniel Hackett's coaching job. Yeah. Um, you know, is very, else, very, frankly, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I guess was he right? But also, what does Russell have left? John, I, I think he's got to do what all the great the best elite quarterbacks have done as they've gotten later in their careers. They made adjustments. Tom Brady didn't play the same way at 40 than he did at 32. Peyton Manning didn't play here the same way at 38. I mean, he threw 55 touchdowns. Peyton Manning did it 37 turned in 38 that season because he made adjustments. I mean, it's on Russell. You got to play differently. You know, we, you know, all people have to adjust as they get old. Older, And I just think the best quarterbacks are honest enough with themselves to do that. And that's Russell's hurdle. You know, this whole, I'm not going to speak negativity into existence. And he, he will admit to no single human frailty when you talk to him. You know, I don't feel pressure. I'm not scared. I don't get nervous. You know, all of these things. Uh, but sometimes that's, uh, you know, code for I'm not going to, change anything i'm just going to do what i always do and that would be a mistake for him if he if he plays the way he did last sunday uh they'll find some big plays down the field and play action eventually uh and he he was just smarter with the ball and that's what he's got to be can't put the ball at risk and you know he doesn't have that that physical package anymore to run away from uh outside linebackers and edge guys you know they're going to catch him now so again it's it's as as a great good quarterback's age they have to be really honest with themselves about what they do need to fix and if he does that he's got enough left for them to succeed 
And it's funny because like this, obviously this team was all in on trying to get him as well. So yeah. could have been having the reverse conversation here, but, but Denver's got him and now they've got to make it work. So Leggy, always great stuff. Fantastic insight. Appreciate your time. And we will see you on Sunday. Anytime. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Jeff for joining me. Thank you as always for tuning in. I'll be back on Friday or maybe Saturday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning with my keys and predictions to Sunday's game against the Denver Broncos. I'll talk to you next time.